big for the glory hole mm-hmm. by Torres. <laughs> um, yeah, who who would say Torres? That was you said. It sounded like you were talking about the car. Torres. Uh, I saw uh, this performer uh, in a small, like a small venue in Nashville. Wow, in 2015. Right. She was quite good. What were you doing um, in Nashville? What? What were you doing in Nashville? Uh, I was there for my birthday, having some fried chicken, and actually had chosen to go there because I wanted to see uh, Leon Bridges and thought it would be a cool place to see him. And it was. The next night we went to see him in a club, and it was bopping. This was before he was kind of a pop star. Who's Leon Bridges? Uh, the kind of person you would not intersect with in the way you consume music, but who is in fact yeah. very popular indie, um, mo- uh, yeah. Motown like sort of new Motown. Okay, well, you know, like I know about like Raphael Sadiq and stuff. Yeah, uh, he's like I don't know. Leon Bridges is great, although he kind of um. His first album uh, is fantastic, and then he went a little yeah. Bruno Mars, but, you know, huh. he got that money, so. Um, oh, I listened to the Texas Sun EP that he did with Crying Ben earlier. This oh, yeah, that's pretty good. It. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I like, that's some, got some good songs. Off. That is uh, pretty representative, although there okay. is there is some Crying Ben. Whose new album I listened to? Uh, and I just, I was so, yes, needed just, you just need so much weed. You need to be around (laughs) other people and you all need to be smoking a lot of weed. Mm. Well, I, I, uh, I have, uh, I can test that theory and I'll try to do so. Yes. Good. I mean, I like them. Yeah, but I know. No, I know what you're saying. Um, a lot of psych rock is like these are uh, like some really cool sounds, and uh, no, there are no songs here at all. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you calling Krungbin psych rock? Well, psych funk is yeah. uh, the description I'm seeing here. I just, but I, it applies to some psych rock bands too. Yes, it does. I kind of think of them yeah. more as like just f- like. Uh, funk jam i'd like almost a jam band more which of course there is some, a lot of psych and yeah influence there anyway there was a I lot like of them better than jam bands well yes that. but there was a lot of guitar noodling like uh-huh. over the course of an entire album i was like this is, this is a lot of pasta yeah <laughs> um uh yeah no uh i know what you're talking about sometimes it's just like like yeah um you guys are really good at doing this thing that i have no interest in listening to Mm. so yeah (laughs) i'm gonna try to be funny here tonight joe i'm doing my best you're you're warming up to it you're warming up to it we're gonna get there as we riff our way into Mm -hmm. into the sunset no plan for tonight none by which i mean i i do have some notes but Mm -hmm. uh we haven't really talked through any of yeah. those yeah. um i made the mistake of oh go ahead 
Oh, what mistake do we make? Please tell me. Oh, I read the promo copy for like an album I was enjoying on Bandcamp. You should never do that. Like the whole like 400 words of who um, writes that shit. That's what was my question. That's why I was bringing this up. I mean, like, I know it's it's the it's their like PR company. Yeah, I know the answer. I guess I don't. I wasn't going to ask who writes that shit, but what do you think it feels like to write that shit? Like, it must be really awful because you probably have that job because you love music and because you're good at writing, and then you get this assignment to do something that seems like it would be fun, describing why this music is good with your writing skill. And then you realize, like, fuck, I can't actually say what I think about this. And so I'm just whoring myself here for a few hundred words, and mm-hmm. it's worthless. Like, it would be like if one of these bands finally paid us to podcast about them. I, I, would, I would kill myself. I have, I have some insight in that because, you know, when I, when I worked at a, a big publisher... Yeah, you had to do this for books, right? Yeah, well, I uh, fortunately I didn't, but the editors were who and the editorial assistants that had to write the flap copy which mm-hmm. is you know the three to four paragraphs that uh yeah yeah uh on the flap or in the back cover of your paperback um uh and they just were like uh, it was excruciating uh-huh. for them um I'd, because they I had to they had such a limited palette of adjectives that were um yeah. acceptable yeah, well, here, do you want to hear uh, some classic example of that in this description? Oh, here right now? yes, I do. The 11 songs on Welcome to Bobby's Motel don't just invite you to move your body. They command you to. Fusing reckless, manic energy with painstaking precision. Uh, that's three of the adjectives on the uh, shelf just taken off right there. Um, the record is part post-punk, part art pop, and part dance floor acid trip. Hinting at everything from Devo to Gang of Four as it boldly careens through genres and decades. The music is driven by explosive drums and off-kilter guitars that drill themselves into your brain, accented with deep, funky grooves and rousing gang vocals. The production is similarly raw and wild, suggesting an air of anarchy that belies the music's careful architecture and meticulous construction. Holy shit, we just shifted from (laughs) Devo to Gang of Four. This record's off the chain. It's... Well, the guitars were very off kilter, Joe. I've, we, I have definitely used that uh, on this podcast. Yeah, but we're trying, you know. Yeah. We use we it honestly. We weren't paid for that. Uh, what band is this? Um, Pottery is the band. Mm-hmm. They appear to be uh, five weird dudes. It's worse when but, it gets into this personal story and yes. you can tell, like, someone has, like, taken you know like waxahatchies you know oh yeah the 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 promo copy that goes out with it and then it's in the review is that what you're talking about no no it's like it's just like it's on Bandcamp, but it's like the promo copy but it's also like you know she struggled for you know in in the scene and when her mother died and it's like but she's not this is a pr person still writing this so it's like yes even more awkward Yes. No, you're right. That is more painful. These guys, I think, are just about the music. Um, and yeah. So, plus they're five white guys, so nobody <laughs> wants to hear about their, about, to say, about their biography. <laughs> I was about to say, I bet they're five white guys and nothing has ever happened to them. Yeah. And or even if you tried to say it did, nobody would want to hear it. Yeah. Um, 
one of them was expelled from prep school yeah. for yeah hacking I guess computers if, i guess if you're gay you can lean on the biography thing as a white guy um but. yeah yes but it's even then uh you know you, you can't be privileged yeah you know uh, i'm guessing given the you know you, you as you might have gathered from the uh the uh, carefully selected adjectives there um this is sort of more of an art thing in fact my main takeaway from listening to it besides that i really liked it and it's good is that um the guy sounds a lot like david byrne um even more so than some of the other people we've said sound like david byrne um and uh so i think it's it's the, the kind of music that comes from privilege is what i'm trying to say so you know brainy artsy type stuff very uh uh very likely then yes um paul i feel like we should talk about run the jewels new album it's a good album yeah so we talked about it um no it's (laughs) awesome (laughs) um should we play a track or are we not doing that are you just getting edited in later no actually let's play one okay is one called snow on the ground or yeah 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 You are thinking of walking in the snow. There we go. Dirty cold to go, been cold since cold flow. Got a wire to enlarge and I'll set a fire down below. I hang it up when you say sorry, didn't know. Probably got a year, ten to go, so let's go. I don't really know how to go slow. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn, that motherfucker's cold. Hey, you in the wrong mode, you open and close, you know, holes, no go. This whole world's a shit mode, built to the brim like Gitmo. When you think it don't get more low, with limbo to the sticks on flow. All oppression's born alive, so I don't make the rules, I'm just one guy. I'll do respect and getting spit on, so how respect is now defined. Hungry for truth, but you got screwed and drank the Kool-Aid. There's a line, it ends directly at the edge of a mass grave that's their design. Funny fact about a cage, they never built for just one group. So when that cage is done with them and you still pour it, come for you. The newest flow is done, I told them, well, golly gee, you have been used. You have to build a death machine that down the line will kill you too. Christians yelling different, kids in prisons ain't a sin shit. Even one scrap of what Jesus taught connected, you feel different. What a disingenuous way to piss away existence, I don't get it. I say you lost your goddamn minds if y'all possess one to be with. Just got done walking in the snow, goddamn that motherfucker cold. Just got done walking in the snow, goddamn that motherfucker Well, that was LP's verse on walking in the snow, and uh, uh, it is uh, brutal. And Killer Mike's mm-hmm. is... Um, yeah. Uh, probably that follows is probably could be the most quoted part of the album. Um, which I can't remember which parts are in which songs. Let me look this up while you talk. Yeah, this is uh, this is the I can't breathe uh, portion. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, keep talking. I was uh, talking. yes. So, um, I just it, and which was you know, like recorded pre. George Floyd. I don't. I'm not sure actually. I, no, I think pretty much the whole album was recorded pre George Floyd. Yeah, and uh, no, I wouldn't necessarily call it prescient since uh, one could be pretty sure that police will continue to murder. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's. Uh, I I found it to be the RTJ four to be the best. 
uh, job they'd done uniting um, the LP's amazing production, both of their flows and their like overall mission into like one cohesive musical object. Yeah. Uh, um, ins- instead of just a really amazing collection of tracks. Um, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I feel like RTJ3, it's, you know, it's, there are very few rap albums really that really flow that you can't tell where songs cobbled together. I mean, there are few rock albums that aren't that way. Either. Yeah. But um, I, I agree. Like, I don't know the, the, maybe it's just that I'm more radicalized each time a new um, <laughs> run the jewels <laughs> album comes out. Uh, but this one feels like, like, yeah, the killer Mike verse you're talking about here definitely stood out. Um, but also there's another one. I think it might be the, I forget which track it is. I'm not going to try to pretend like I remember, but where it starts out like uh, killer Mike just talking about how badass he is, but then it turns into um, him having like a psychic break about how <laughs> fucked up his past is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I guess that's sort of uh, a side point, but I totally agree. The uh, political stuff on this album really hits and i guess partially because also of the context that they happen to have this ready to go when the whole country exploded again which is pretty cool yeah and there's you know and i think another thing that another track that's that stood out was holy kalama fuck good title and it has a a fantastic uh lp is very good at changing the beat entirely in the middle of a song and Mm -hmm. somehow keeping it keeping it all together Yes. Um, um, honestly, though, like every one of these songs uh, slays me. Um, yes. Like as soon as I put on the first track uh, the other day, it was um, it, it actually hit me like the first track, like DNA does on uh, Damn. Um, where mm. I was just like, oh, fuck, I can't even believe what I'm listening to right now. Yes. Yes. Um, fuck, let's just quit the pod and listen to this again. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um. I the Zach De La Roca verse on Just is mm. incredible. He's really improved um, over the course of RTJ albums. Yes, yes. It's funny it took uh, this for him to, um, you know, reach his full uh, potential as a vocalist. Um, what does Josh Am do on pulling the pin? Is it like just the subtle background guitar? I don't know what Josh Am does ever. <laughs> Come on, fuck you. He's so good. I'm not like a uh, yeah. a huge queen. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age are good, but I I don't have any insight into them. Yeah, you should be more of a fan of them because they're. I don't know. They're probably the best hard rock band of the of the 21st century. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, run the jewels, man. Queens of the Stone Age, famous for being booed off the stage during the 1999 pumpkins not booed off the stage but just uh receiving much derision from the pumpkins audience in 1999 on the arising tour um they opened for the pumpkins on the arising tour yes a very foolish how did i not know this who are just like getting to see queens of the stone age at a small club before seeing the original four smashy pumpkins for the last time and uh yeah yeah, they were testy during the Queens of the Stone Age sets. 
no like this is kind of like i love queens of the stone age unlike you and um i had no idea they opened for the pumpkins at any point i well, bet josh um bullied billy uh, yes um most most likely although that was a, that was never mind no pumpkins um <laughs> Uh, you said you were going to set up a clock so we could make sure. Yes. Um, well, I don't want to use my pumpkin's time on that. Oh, um, I see. You have other pumpkin stuff to stay. <laughs> no, it just I could. Have, that doesn't seem good enough. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay, uh, okay. But for the record, I don't think I, ha- I don't have any like ill feelings towards Queen of the Stone Age. I just don't really like know any of their music. I mean, yeah, I feel like you should listen to like uh, songs for the deaf or something, and then make sure you don't really love them. Yes, that sounds. It's a, it seem they seem like a likely band that I would pick up on. Yeah, um, and like they have, they're one of those bands that has like six albums that are all within fifteen percent of being as, the same level of quality. Yes, and we always it's always good to have those uh, on board. Um, yeah. Uh. So. Anything else about Run the Jewels? Um, again, just like all of these songs were like Goonies versus E.T. The the whole run from like um, from the beginning of the album to the end. No, but like from I don't know. I'm going to say Holy Clamafuck to Just, but it's hard to not put Out of Sight in it, too, is uh, incredible. Just mm-hmm. such a good album. Mm-hmm. Complete bangers. It's. I guess what's nice is that it's crazy to have an album that is um, both this hard and this funny and this meaningful. Like that's just really unlikely that you're going to get all of that. Um, yes. But they're genuinely hilarious dudes. Which, like even Kendrick Lamar, he's funny, but he's not like hilarious when you no. listen to one of his albums. You know. No. <laughs> uh, whereas uh, both of these guys. Um, except for when they're going into the really deep stuff are um, uh, laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really appreciate that about them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. They go for the punchline and they like, and it lands. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And yet at the same time, you know, I feel like I, I, maybe this is what you're talking about with the cohesive album. Like I feel like on the previous ones, um, they would, uh, you know, they would have like songs that were obviously just a bunch of punchlines and jokes that didn't really fit in with the um, the protest stuff as much. But I, I see what you're saying, that it's more like put together here. So props to them. Anyway. Um, yes, props to Run the Jewel. Official props. <laughs> Savage props. <laughs> that is... Um, that is a watermark we should make so that we can like you know put on their picture and then post to our Instagram. <laughs> our new best of the quarter is just savage props. Savage props, yes. There you go. <laughs> Definitely cool. Do um, kids still say props? I don't know. Y- yeah, uh, probably not. I'm just gonna guess no. There's some dumb things that we said that they still do say though, so you never know. Yeah. Yeah, it it is a useful word. Yeah, I, I could, they definitely yeah. don't know that it started out as meaning propers, and then before that, proper respect. They have no idea. I I didn't know that either. So I'm pretty sure that's the etymology of the term. I just meant it's like you're propping me up. 
<laughs> no, proper makes sense. Yeah. Proppin'. Uh, Proppin' the proper the rapper. Uh, Paul, one thing uh-huh. that I have been doing yeah. against my better judgment is listening uh, on Spotify, like this lead up to mm-hmm. the... 1975? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although okay. their continued appearance in people's like best rock of the decade list, I'm like, yeah, what is? Is there something wrong with me? Is what's happening? I don't know. I I don't understand it. I I think it's part of the. I have a theory actually, which mm-hmm. is that it's the um, uh, the sort of way that music criticism for the past five years and music fandom even have become about a uh, cult of personality around big pop artists as opposed to, you know, the music man. Um, and so uh, they have a dickhead lead singer who does a lot of annoying shit. And so he, and yet says it's about art. And so he appeals to that culture of music appreciation. Uh. So that's my theory. Okay. Um, they do have a new album that I think we're honor bound to listen to so that we can talk about how shitty it is. But I'm in. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, there was that one, the song we read the lyrics to last time around was just amazing. The lyrics. Yes. To that one. Oh yeah. I just, there was a salad involved. I don't yes, know. Yes, There was a salad and I think it was a metaphor for sex or something. Yeah. Or, or online date. There was online date. I don't know. Whatever the yeah. fuck. Um, so I've really extended now the lead up to what you were actually going to say. I have been been listening to listening to the, uh, ringer Spotify podcast (laughs) music exists Uh with Chuck Klosterman and Chris Ryan, which Uh is like the, I mean, I can't, uh, describe it in any other terms other than it's it's our podcast but professionally done mm-hmm. um because it, it is two music fans white men coming together to discuss like deep questions of music uh-huh. um and they they recorded a a season which i guess is like 10 or 12 podcasts um oh. and uh uh, so they're going for like an evergreen model where these deep questions can be listened to at any time on into the future. Yes, yes. Yeah. As long as you like can relate to music that uh as long as you're firmly rooted in some some place along the 80s, 90s rock spectrum. <laughs> uh-huh. You can you can listen to these. Um Yeah, okay. It's fair enough. It's both uh, slightly maddening because it's just Chuck Klosterman. Um, yeah. Uh, and his strange, strange way he clings to yeah. various ideas. Uh, you know and, what? I find. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I And I, I like him. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is I, I find him likable and I find him funny 
And yet at the same time, whenever he tries to propound like a theory he's come up with, I invariably find it like facile and annoying. It's it's a lot of times pretty slight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's more of a it's meant for a couple columns in a music magazine. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. And of um, course, we already talked about this when he declared um, Chuck Berry the most timeless of rock musicians. Um, yes. Um, but the interesting, there's a few interesting things about this. And the first is that like, it really, I think these guys are about like seven years older than us, like seven or maybe a little uh, more. Chris Ryan is his Twitter handle ends in 77 because that's the year he was born. I happen to know. Okay. So they're, yes. So he's five years older. Yeah. Yeah. I think Chuck Klosterman may have like graduated college in like 94 or something like that. Um, yeah, he's like he's around fifty or so. It's amazing how different it is, like to they when they were teenagers, they were like not yet. Like they like when we turned like twelve or whatever, it was like already like Nirvana and we like Kurt yeah. Cobain killed himself when we were like twelve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I came to them after he was dead. Yes, and to but to have like started a little earlier, so like before grunge, and just have like had that like a little bit of like Motley Crue and yeah, like you know, credible REM like slip into your brain before that started is it gives you. I feel like it gives them a very different perspective within the rock. You know, yeah. A very different critical rock perspective. That makes total sense because, yeah, I have noticed that, like, definitely um, the fact that mainstream alt rock was what introduced me to modern rock music is a very weird perspective because it was actually like the sellout version of a really uh, authentic movement is what got me into the music uh and eventually yes. the kind of music that people compl- where people complain about selling out all the time or at least used to nobody does anymore right um but yeah. um uh no it's funny because i feel like this goes the other way too like i recently talked to somebody who is maybe five years younger than us mm. um who um you know for them like the obviously foundational uh good mainstream bands were like uh blink 182 and pop punk stuff like that yes um, yeah even on into godsmack and so forth so um it's it really is true it really just you know is the music that just happened to be lying around it's too bad you, those bands are not good the right age. <laughs> yeah i know it's too bad our taste is so much better but you know that's how it is i'll you know i, I could <laughs> i could uh i could be mustered to uh some form of defense of Blink-182. Um, I mean, I could see, like, if that was the thing that you, that you know, you uh, emerged into. Fair enough. I mean, like, uh, there are shitty bands. Like, Bush is my version of Blink-182, I feel like. Because I still kind of like Bush. Yeah. Though, That's a fair know, comparison. Arguably a shitty band. Um, yes. And I guess Blink-182 is a bigger band than Bush. But... Um, yeah, Probably here at least yeah what is 
one of their members is like a huge conspiracy theory guy or something. Yeah, well, Tom DeLonge, he's, yeah. uh, but he is actually like, he's not so much a conspiracy theory as he is like just focused on extraterrestrials. That's it. And yes. he's actually like been an important person in funding like serious research yeah. of extraterrestrial life. Yes. Um, like he's, he like, has paid for like real scientists to like you know come together and look at yeah now i have to say yeah to the stars inc um, yes which became to the stars academy of arts and sciences um yeah it has incurred losses from operations and has an accumulated deficit of 37 <laughs> million dollar four hundred thirty two thousand dollars amazing <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> These factors raised doubt about the company's ability to go continue as a going concern. That's from their financial statement filed with the SEC in 2018. Um, okay, that rules. How do you how do you run up 37 and a half million dollars worth of debt? Who's giving him? Who's loaning that much money to this uh, company? Is this real? <laughs> oh, that's a fact. I didn't know. I guess maybe you're like, are you literally like building a? Okay, uh, I'm reading this on SEC. Or... I'm reading this on SEC.gov right now. <laughs> oh, good. I don't. Yeah, let's let's see. Liquidity and capital resources. Uh, ba bum ba bum. <laughs> we have an accumulated deficit of June thirtieth, two thousand eighteen, of thirty-seven million four hundred thirty-two thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, um how i honestly don't know how you could have that many liabilities i guess if you agreed to pay somebody money for some reason and yet didn't have that money as opposed to getting a loan that's amazing uh i just i mean i guess someone at the bank office some loan officer just had that i want to believe poster up it's like <laughs> yeah. yep 37 million for a uh, scientist party, this Epstein was... Epstein level, let's bring some smart people together party. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I want to. I'm not going to do it on the pod, but now I want to look up if there are like more detailed financial accounting records of what they what they did. You can report so back next pod. Yeah. We should sick Todd on this actually, or Ted. Yes. Yes. Our 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 forensics savage beast resident forensic accountants yes um i just honestly okay there are some details down here but i'm i'm not going to figure that out while we're talking so um uh i uh i had a point for this is that okay so all of the all the episodes of music exists with chuck Klosterman and chris ryan um uh, start with they're all the all the titles are question <laughs> Okay. So we need to go through all 12 of these questions at rapid fire answer them. Okay. Cool. Uh, are, and then we'll, I wonder, are you just reading them to me or what? What? Yes. Are you just reading them Yes, okay. correct. And I think this will save our listeners uh, hours of their lives listening to Chuck Klosterman yeah. and Chris Ryan um, uh-huh. and avoid any even incidental contact with Chris Ryan's opinions about movies or television. I like some of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should still be avoided. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. 
He's a good. All right, here we go. The questions of music exist. Uh, number one, does any opinion actually matter? Yes, all opinions matter. Yes, agreed. Um, yes, uh, there's a place where we can say all blank matters is yes. opinions. <laughs> all opinions matter. And not only do they matter, but they are uh, um, object. Some are objectively uh, more right than others. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Some matter more than others, but they all. Um, uh, question two: Why do we go see live music? Um, to meet chicks. Because <laughs> it's. There you go. That was not discussed in that episode. Um, actually, I think it was, but. Um, yeah. Uh, also because it's a fantastically visceral way to experience both new music and your favorite music. And because that's actually um, true, the true way to experience music, this recording thing is this whole other idea that somebody came up with later. Music is live, man. That's true. Yes. What they're, the, sub, the, sub, the description of that, what are we looking for when we go out to see live music? Looking for? Just yeah. Listening Let's to say. actual music. Yes. Like. Technical <laughs> excellence, a sense of community. Yeah. Music. No, music, it's fucking bitch. powerful music. Um, it's, I think you would have to justify why you would listen to recorded music, honestly, even though obviously I love it. That's insane. Paul, what is what's the best concert that I've ever been to? Yeah, I think it's still Modest Mouse in two thousand two, mm. before Good News for People Who Love Bad News came out, and they just played like I didn't know the songs, and they played really hard versions of them. And nice. I, and and Isaac Brock beat up a stage diver. So. Yes. Do you have a Do you have a top three? Um. So the Radiohead show in Atlanta has probably got to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um. And then 2001. Probably, yeah, then I would probably pick the... There are a lot of choices here. Yeah. I got to put the Kendrick Lamar show I saw in a thousand-person club uh, mm-hmm. right up there. Yeah. Right before he got huge. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are actually there are too many shows for me to narrow it down to three easily. Sorry. Yeah, I think, I think for me, and I could go into this more on a different episode but number one is definitely i saw david byrne on a solo tour in 2001 mm. for looking to the eyeball uh which is a good solo album by him but he brought along a, a like 10 piece string string orchestra like small band maybe there were some horns um like a university philharmonic um and i saw them in the 930 club so that's like probably a thousand people or less um in dc and just to see david byrne playing like talking head songs uh yeah. with with a it was the first time i'd ever been to a show where it was like the crowd was like not there to be cool but they were just like happy to see their okay. favorite music you know what i mean like yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know they were just like having like a joyful time experiencing the music like no, that's like the Neutral Milk Hotel shows I went yes, to. Yes, exactly. So. It was similar yeah. to that, yes. But to see David Byrne and be like right there, you know, near was was awesome. Um, uh, um, and uh, yes, that, that was, there was one, they played, uh, 
you know, what a day that was. And I, that was the only time I've seen a concert where they had to like, they could not go on because people were like too enthusiastically cheering for the, <laughs> it's pretty tight. Um, second place is, second place is Radiohead, uh, mm-hmm. the show we saw. And then, yeah, too many to choose from, from the third one. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I have to nominate Neutral Milk Hotel. And yeah, those shows were great. Yeah, Swans had a show I really loved. Uh, Liars in a tiny, tiny club. Uh, I saw them twice at that club, actually, and it ruled. Um, Sufjan in that club was really cool. Um, yeah, I saw yeah. I saw Sufjan like uh, front row at the Bowery Ball room on the the Illinois tour, and he was just not. I know it's crazy, but he was just not incredibly popular at that point like people yeah. didn't know where he was and so it was just like a very small venue yeah um, no I, that was the same tour i saw him on and that yeah. this was honestly the back of a bar almost yes um, yes um yeah that was pretty incredible um we could go on and on here um yeah we should do a pod about this um we are doing a pod about this. We are, but we need to we need to answer a lot more of Chuck Klosterman oh, and Chris yeah. Ryan's questions. Yeah, um, this has been rapid fire. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> Paul, does music sound like a place? No. That's stupid. <laughs> How does a piece of music <laughs> capture the essence of a region? Look, it's such an obvious like answer where it's like, well, yeah. Groups of people come together and they like influence each other's sound because they play in the same clubs and they know each other. Like, yeah, and then they sound like that because you associate those sounds with those people. So it's, I mean, there is a sort of onomatopoeic quality, I guess. This is not rapid fire anymore, but I think it's mostly just you hear the that music coming from people from that place, so you associate the two things in your head mostly. Yeah, and you know, it's like. Up there are a bunch of great bands from Philadelphia that sound similar. Oh, now. that too, yeah. But, but like, does that sound like Philadelphia? No, of I course would, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to stretch. Be, oh, it's kind of like working class, but still big yeah. city, and it's like the new hip. No, just go go away. <laughs> but I could see saying that like um, uh, country and western, you know, like old style Hank Williams Senior stuff, uh, sounds like the vast open prairies it kind of does yeah you yes know? i'm I'm sure that physical geography can yeah. influence music i mean everything does so yeah. but um, i think it's more just that you know that that's where it's from yes you, they, they literally talk about the prairies you know um i wouldn't talk about it for 58 minutes like they did um, oh, jesus christ yeah i think we just we we solved that one um, uh okay Paul, how much do you really need to know about music history? Um, this is in direct response. This is in direct response to Billie Eilish not knowing, saying she'd never heard of Van Halen. Oh, there are so many bands who have said things like that over the decades. Yes. like it's not even the first time that's happened. That shows how much people know about music history. But this, um, yeah, this question we could get into because this, the how much musical knowledge is necessary to call yourself a music fan? Uh, zero for if that's the if that's the to do uh, part of it. Yeah, I think if somebody just said they love music, I that's kind of I believe them. I don't yeah. know if they love it the same way I do, but they do. Yes, but like that, then 
I guess, you know, now we get into what is the definition of a music fan, and that is a profoundly boring question, I guess. Totally, <laughs> yes. It's like, do you need to know the Beatles to, like, enjoy Oasis? And No, you don't. The <laughs> answer is no. We, um, look, whatever you think you know about that, like, there's something that you love in the world that has some antecedent that is pretty much explains its existence that you don't know anything about. So yeah. don't worry about it too much. Yes. I, I know nothing about Black Sabbath and they're um, a foundational band and like Billy Corgan's, you know, uh, they musical. actually do rule. Like, I know that's... I, what I've heard. I like, but I know nothing yeah. about them. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great example. Yes. Um... I would be more interested in the question of how much do you need to know about music history to be a good music, a great musician. Um, which the answer is still probably almost nothing, but yes, depending, right? Yes. Probably depending on not. how you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Uh, where do sports and music meet? I don't care. Yeah. No, who kids? This is, that's a terrible stretch. Yeah. Um, they got bored with that one. Um, usually in the form of really bad rapping and or uh, terrible songs that get overplayed in the stadiums. And yes. And people rather... chanting seven nation army. <laughs> Yes, I'd rather think about something else. Um, usually bad. I can say, how do they meet? And I can say, usually badly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what does heavy mean? Oh, boy. Um, I I need context. I don't know. <laughs> what comes to mind when you think of heavy music? Earth-shaking riffs, slow tempos, and low rumbling bass? Or is it more ephemeral? Again, they talked about this for 45 minutes. That's really weird. I don't see how you could have a 45-minute conversation about this. Did you listen to this conversation? Was this it actually one, about that? This one I did not listen to. Wow. Um, I kind of let this play in the background while I'm doing other stuff. So, I honestly think that if you asked me that question, I would just say what you just said. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Y- the answer is yes. <laughs> no, just that it would be you know a hard you know loud guitars and slow low uh tempos it's funny that's it it's funny we got there it's funny to think of like chuck Klosterman and chris ryan like headbanging yeah Just... well <laughs> i mean chris ryan seems to have legitimately been into the punk scene in the day so yes. who knows yes um actually rebelling yeah, I mean, but then he's all like super into pop punk too, so and I just don't understand that. I don't credit, understand how you can like both. Credit to the people who are older than us. Like when they were young, like you could actually go to a rock show and like there's just even the slightest amount of risk involved, or like yeah, just even threat or rebellion. Whereas yeah, by the you time might at we least were, get thrown up on. Yes, by the time I was going to see like a Weezer show, it was just like yeah, there was just no. Nothing scary was happening in that club. I think you can feel that slightly if you're um, if you go to um, uh, a hip hop show. Um, that might just be white guilt, but mm-hmm. um, it's conceivable. But no rock. Uh, yeah, I have never felt even slightly unsafe at a rock show. I mean, I've been. Um, I've, I guess I've been to some like insanely weird like loft shows and stuff like that that i was like uncomfortable at but yeah there was no rebellion <laughs> we should probably point out that women have felt unsafe at rock shows yes yes but that's <laughs> yes it just yeah. an outgrowth of many places that women yeah feel safe 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, as far as, like, do I think I'm going to get in a fight with somebody when I go to the rock show? No, mm-hmm. that's not possible. Um, I will say, when I went to the JPEG Mafia show last uh, fall that I've described before, I felt like I, it was possible I would, like, faint and fall down and be trampled on. Like, mm. that was possible. Well, as someone who's, like, nearly fainted at several shows, uh, you know, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the Tom York show, I mean, like, fainting. Um, uh, okay. Can culture be created on purpose? What? Obviously. Isn't, Let's go on. <laughs> yeah. That, isn't that why you make culture? In I mean, I guess they, if you intention. think about it in the terms of, like, a culture can you create a culture on purpose as opposed to cultural artifacts i mean but and the answer is obviously yes like you can sit around being like we're going to create a new culture based on uh you know uh environmental rock you know and and as long as you get people on board you're or think about the cia funding art throughout the cold war um thanks that definitely created a culture of some kind um next what is the best song ever this is such a dumb question yes they although to be fair this one i listened to and they kind of discuss why like it's it's like it's impossible to say um even that though it's it's such a dumb question that it's like why would you even address it like it's the answer is there's no there's no answer and yeah uh and it's obviously not the right question to ask. Yeah. I, it's, I, yeah, I, I don't, it's, I don't know. And it's What's like the if best you, person ever. If you reach the conclusion, like, you know, yesterday or something like fine, but you, you have but to then. true. Right. <laughs> yeah. You then have to realize like what that really means. Yeah. Like it's not the most pop, you know. Like less than one in one million people in the world thinks that yesterday is their favorite song, and that still yes. might be the answer. You know, totally. Yeah. Um, are artists responsible for their fan base? No. Uh, well, they could be, I guess. Yeah, I think that really depends. Yeah. Um. Uh, but artists certainly should yeah in general not be held responsible for their, what their fan base does what's a good example of that uh i mean i certainly know of podcasts who can't be responsible for their fan base yes <laughs> yes who's yeah fan base is uh no they didn't you know reddit did not shut down our uh our subreddit which is yeah uh, we're not big enough yet <laughs> someday not- our savage beast <laughs> We're not based enough yet. Yes, our savage beast is going to raid our indie heads too many times. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to post uh, too many, I don't know, um, uh, Nazi memes of the uh, Matt Healy doing things. I don't know. Um, I got nothing on that one. No, well, probably just probably just a lot of memes about, yeah, 1975. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, Hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, being on, getting on his plane. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's actually even darker now that I thought about his age. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. um <laughs> What? Uh, uh, all right, well, I know your answer to this. What means more, lyrics or music? Paul's answer is music. <laughs> yeah, but if somebody said lyrics, I'm not going to argue with them. That's yeah. the truth of them. Yeah. Again, it's a silly question. 
Yeah, um, what means more is a well constructed song. <laughs> one of the one of the follow up questions is, what do you do when there aren't any lyrics at all? <laughs> oh no, <What>? a song, <laughs> a song with just instruments. I guess you listen to it, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can you really listen to it though? <laughs> if there aren't instructions. on how to feel about it like what this is again very weird the lyrics are more the innovation than the than the um tradition the weirdest thing about this podcast is that it's it's very addicting like if you start an episode Uh, you like kind of you fall into it and you just must know kind of what dumb half revelation they're gonna get to next and honestly it's very similar to our podcast and that's in that manner <laughs> well i guess we'll never sell out to the but we now. you know to be fair we are uh a lot more dedicated to the um to the first question i think we asked um does any opinion actually matter i think our firm yes there sets yeah. us apart there you go we never question the Never importance question. of what we're doing exactly um we will sometimes uh explain at length the importance of what we're doing but we don't question it um what makes music sound commercial um i i don't know i don't um, care yeah i mean i, I could know. i could potentially i mean it's like high production values is the main thing and yeah and there's ultra precision from you know click tracks and shit and there's like the extreme formulaic nature of like pop songs that many of them use yes. the same chord pr- progression. Um, and when they when it's like uh, clearly meant to soundtrack a rite of passage, which is kind of like eighty percent of country songs, like mm-hmm. you know the song that's about your daughter going to prom for the first time, and yeah. the song that's about um, the first time you had to get your boat repossessed, and yeah. Um, it's like all up, those things it's upbeat it's uncomplicated yeah yeah uh someone fair enough someone with worse opinions than you likes it <laughs> yeah for sure um, that may be the key factor <laughs> really the main thing by the way it looks like um to the stars uh spent 25 million dollars on sales and marketing yeah. and that's where most of the money went <laughs> Oh, some, some someone's cousin who has an yeah. ad agency got very rich. Good for them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, oh, is it important for artists to involve? This episode of it was actually, I listened to it, and it was actually good because this, and we've discussed this, so. Wait, but, to uh, evolve, did you say? Sorry, evolve. Say involve. Um that may be the first uh, yes. really interesting question they've asked. I still feel like the answer is mostly yes. Uh, I mean, it, just in the sense that there are lots of artists who don't, and I'm eventually get bored of listening to them to their still excellent music, you know? Yes. And I think, yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, Beatles versus stones. Uh, don't care. <laughs> It's a silly question. Yeah. yeah. If you, whatever answer you come up with is fine. I yeah. guess I I think hey man, the Beatles are more like impressive. More. Yeah. But that's fine. The Beatles the Beatles will always be more important. Um and something that the Stones 
you know, relied upon, responded to. We have no idea what the Stones would be like without the Beatles. So, yeah. Um, but the Beatles probably would have been pretty much pretty fun, pretty okay without the Stones. Um, I feel like Bill Simmons personally selected that topic because he (laughs) loves debating the most obvious possible debates you can have and why didn't why didn't he pick, for pop music why didn't he pick a... <laughs> uh never mind um <laughs> um <clears throat> beatles versus uh I, I can't even think of a good i'm making a joke about how bill simmons is uh, uh, terrible at diversity a... but i can't I yeah can't figure out how said... to work it in here yeah, uh, Diana Ross. I don't know. There you she go. Was in the sixties. Um, uh, let's see. Um, we're gonna skip. There's one that's like, how do we find what we love? But that was dumb. That was just them. That's just them talking about how they like discovered their favorite bands. Um, okay. But the last one, <laughs> last question is, what did rock do? <laughs> <laughs> What did I mean? It sounds just as ridiculous if you apply it to any other art. Um, what did the statue of David do? Well, uh, I I would say that the statue of David. Uh, I guess Rock and the statue of David are uh, similar in that they are. Uh, two of the most important objects in art to me. Uh, And, um, but what did they do? (laughs) The answer is nothing. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there was a riot around. uh, They were done is what was important. Yes. I think that rock probably, I mean, you could say there's a lot of like important cultural uh, ideas that rock sound, soundtracked um yeah and that its very existence um you know amplified um just getting you know the counterculture yeah. of the 60s speaking um, of which when i watched easy writer after we talked about the music from easy writer on the podcast mm-hmm. i really got that like i suddenly understood a lot better i felt like how that generation conceived certainly conceived of itself not necessarily how yes. it was yes yes you know it's yeah that movie it's incredible it's like oh this is what young people then thought yeah. this is how they were thinking and i can yeah. actually relate to it you know what's funny too is um uh i was listening to it and i've got you know pretty nice speakers um or you know i was watching the movie and listening to it through pretty nice speakers and um you know that music i was a lot of those songs, you know, I've heard a billion times, but I haven't like sat down to listen to on like nice equipment before. Mm-hmm. Like particularly the um, the Steppenwolf songs uh, on the on the in the movie, and I was just struck by like these songs like have a lot of uh, a lot of depth and bass and bottom end to them, and yet people don't think of rock music, even sixties rock music, as being like bass music. Yeah, and I was wondering how much of that is just because. You know, people our age and younger only ever heard that music on shitty speakers. Uh, oh yeah, out of radios in cars. Hu- oh, a huge coming, amount. 
yeah, coming through, um, you know, grocery store speakers and shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like how much, um, this is sort of a Marshall McLuhan point, but how much has just the technology that we listen to music on changed what music is popular? Like, I feel oh, like, you know, I, you know, I love the Marshall McLuhan point. Uh, yes. But I mean, um, just think about, you know, I, I feel like hip hop is popular because it's the kind of music that, uh, sounds good. Even if you listen to it on shitty speakers, you know, um, whereas rock really does not. Um, and so yes. when people had good stereo systems, rock was more popular. Well, I mean, that's, that's a pretty, I mean, like rap, you know, rap music right now is like being made specifically for people totally listening with air, air buds, you know? Um, yeah. But, and it's helped by the fact that it has, you know, like a <laughs> low part. <laughs> yeah. AirPods. <laughs> That's the episode title. Yeah, right we go. There's two two yeah. AirPods hanging off Listen. your head. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. It's great because there are people the only people who get that joke were born within three years of us in either direction. But yes. uh, um no, but uh you know, rap is helped by the fact that it has like a low part and a high part and then the vocals in the middle. And it's relatively unmuddied in terms of what's going on that you have to produce into shitty speakers like that. Yes. You know? Um, so, yeah. Um, I totally forget how we got there. But um, uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. Easy we Rider. Easy Rider. Yeah, yeah. But no, like if you listen to rock music the right way, it's like it, it's always been, you know, since the 60s at least, um, like – heavy music um hey we answered that other question (laughs) yeah there you go um also uh that that movie um just enjoyed really enjoyed uh seeing i don't know those you could just tell how much people really thought that the music was like a whole not just music but like a philosophy to them man you know yes yes um yeah yeah, and also understood uh, the possible outcomes of that philosophy. <laughs> True. Very clearly. Um, no spoilers for Easy Rider, though. Um, mm. I actually did not have the ending of that movie spoiled for me. I, I did not know it was going to happen. I kind of, I, I had a vague feeling, but. Yeah, I didn't know for sure. But uh, yeah. Good. Good movie. Fun times. Good, good movie. Um, well, we have now we have now listened to music exists which is mm-hmm. also goddamn a dumb name for a pod like the whitest name for a podcast <laughs> it depends on how you do it if you make fun of it the whole way then i could go along with it but if you think that you're actually making a valid point about that then that's really dumb and that would be painful um but the podcast was recorded their podcast was recorded here in Portland, Oregon, uh, uh, as that is where Mr. Klosterman lives. Yeah, just down the street, no doubt. I think he. I feel like he lives in a cabin in the woods nearby. Yeah, he probably he probably does live a little farther out, but um, I've been on the lookout for a guy with a giant red beard, a dad with a giant very red tall beard. Too. Yes. So he should be easy to spot. He's also, he's the youngest of seven kids, which, yeah, interesting. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that can go one of many ways, and uh, Chuck Klosterman is one of them. <laughs> I feel like that can go one of many ways is uh, pretty much applies to anything. Not <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Sorry, sorry. Uh, also applies to you. I don't know. I'm just trying to re burn it. Uh, you could have gotten a swings both ways joke there somehow. It was, it was, yeah. it was in there. But that's uh, that's uh, thankfully no longer an insult as it was in our uh, dumbass high school years. That's true. It's still funny to say. Yes. Yes. Um, we. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm out of I'm out of pivots. In, well, Joe, in that. we've we've riffed for a solid hour. I think we did our, our duty. We have. We have. Um, uh, I have a way to close on that. Actually, I do have one thing. Um, we've I've been listening to a lot of perfume geniuses. Uh, uh-huh. new album uh quite good really enjoying it um uh some real moments of emotion there have you had a chance to listen to it yet yes but not to really get into it yeah i, I owe it that so um it. yes um he's he's quite the quite the pop poet um mm. but paul i did have a question you know he uh i don't know his exact orientation but certainly many of the songs are you know, sung love song sung from a man to another man. Yeah, and, I feel like he's. I've seen gay or queer attached to his name. Yes. Um. Yeah. Cer- certainly queer, at least. Um. Or at most, I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> steer clear of that. Um, yeah. Uh. But my my question is, like, I find that when. I'm listening to songs that are are of that queer variety that's like about you know love between two men. I find that like strangely like it's it's like different. It's like kind of re- it's almost like a bit like relaxing in its innocence mm. to me. Not saying that it's like there's a quality in the song, but like to to me I'm like ah, I'm not like associating the, with this with my life as much as I would, huh. you know, if there was a, a cis, cis hetero relationship yeah. in there. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I relate to it that way. Like, I feel like I either do empathize past those barriers and I can feel myself translating that into my own, uh, you know, life. Yeah. As it's going along. Um, or, there's something so different that it's not exactly relaxing, but it's sort of like um, discomforting. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, uh, it's almost somewhere in between that, almost where I was, you know, uh, maybe it's the the intellectual nature of translating it in that mm-hmm. in that. Whereas, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It becomes an intellectual rather than an emotional exercise, and that's more relaxed. Yeah, so at least there's an intellectual component to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, hmm. uh, yeah, something to think about, something to chew on. 
that's the topic for music exists yes yeah, yeah. see we would be so Can good a straight guy like gay music we would <laughs> that would be great what would they should do they should do things like that on there like they should do music exists have you know just three black people discussing whether white people are allowed to like their music that's the type <laughs> of thing they should do on there i would listen to that yes heck then would, yes that i would listen to some i mean <laughs> <laughs> i i'm pretty sure they'll take your money is how i feel about that. yes yes um uh what what would be okay we need to come up with at least a couple more topics for music access uh oh. <laughs> um uh shit does motley Crue suck that's yeah they, they would never debate that that's that one would be obvious to them yes um, um but i could i could imagine there's some band that they would pick that out of like they would ask like do bare naked ladies suck and then they would earnestly have opinions why bare naked ladies not might not suck which would be wrong yeah um so wrong um it's hard to come up with questions that banal. Yes. And yet, yeah. And yet that aren't just offensive parodies of them. Um, yes. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> does rhythm matter? Um, yes. <laughs> they um, should ask, like, they should do the sports one, but like, should you cheer for a band the way you cheer for a sports team? Oh, there you go. That's a Simmons topic yes. being injected right yes. there. Yes. For sure. Um, um, you know, I could imagine easy questions like, uh, you know, obvious questions like, um, does biography matter? Like, you know, does it matter what the artist is like? Which is, um, you know, has been an annoying topic in art for centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, Biggie versus Tupac is, uh, I can't believe that Simmons didn't make them do that one. <laughs> it's just know. the 90s version of Stones and Beatles. Um, he was too busy torching another resume of a <laughs> writer of color. <laughs> oh, man. And then, and just then, he puts on a Larry Bird jersey and lights a cigarette and then just burns the resume. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think you have to wear a Red Sox jersey when you're indulging in uh, overt racism. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's the way to do it. Um, I'm surprised we got the you know. Let's close on this. The Dixie Chicks changing their name to just the Chicks. Did you hear this? Oh wow, really? Yeah. Because even the wait is is Dixie like inextricably linked to the Confederacy and slavery, or is it just a name for the South? Well, That's certainly it was adapt it. adopted as you know, like I wish I was in Dixie was like you know a, a, a Confederate hymn uh, to sure. battle him. I mean, I think it was, but they also called themselves the South, and nobody gets mad if you say that. You know, <laughs> they appropriated the word Dixie to the extent that it is now inextric- inextricably linked with that yes i guess i don't know i just think of it as the south and if it, if i can say the word alabama i feel like a dixie is okay you know i guess we're to the point where people are going to be like like uh it's any like version of like the south is uh, yeah the, the the region which must not be named is what we'll be calling it pretty I, soon i guess i was saying i'm surprised there aren't any other bands that have like changed their names recently due to this that they're like 
you know the yeah. only ones but uh yeah what am i thinking of uh what are some other big southern rock the kings of leon two monarchists they're going to become the representatives mm-hmm, of leon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um weezer if, making fun of people with weezer is too ableist you know <laughs> <laughs> surely rivers has asthma i'd be shocked if Rivers. he does have asthma, asthma actually yeah, I, yeah. yeah he does i'm pretty yes yeah um <laughs> Or his brother I, does. I can't. Something like that. Well, you know, Lady Antebellum, they changed their name. Oh. Yeah. Really? What did they change? I mean. It's, uh, no, this is the best part of it. They changed it to Lady A, and then it turned out there was a black woman who's been performing under that name for decades. Yes. yes. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> well done, folks. Yeah, just really, really, really classy. Another win for the whites. <laughs> No, yeah, I forgot about that. That was that was much better than the Dixie Chicks, even. Maybe Black Francis is next. <laughs> There's no way that's allowed. <laughs> no, black. No way. Black flag. Uh, yep, yeah. So all of those bands are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Primus's Primus's uh, the Brown album. That's probably in trouble. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, there's, uh, I gotta, I gotta think of one more. <laughs> I must. Uh, Metallica's the Black Album. Yeah. An obvious one. I do, there's huh. gotta, yeah. Um, uh, neon Indian. Oh yeah, Hugely. way not cool. Yeah, way not cool. Uh, they didn't even have neon. Real estate. They just they're supporting, you know, ownership of land and landlords. Yeah, estates. Those are things that rich people have. Yeah, you gotta get. Um, yeah, yeah, you gotta get off that. They gotta change their name to the renters. <laughs> uh, rentals are cool. Yeah, they're um, fine. They're fine. Good job, guys. Uh, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. I feel like they're Pretty, all right. Yeah, there's some violence in there, but it's it's kind of absurd. playful. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, Pearl Jam. That was always uh, a little bit of a sexual harassment name. Yeah. Uh, well, they used to be the Mookie Blaylocks, so yeah, it, that was appropriation a, a right there. Nice shift. And of course, yeah. Nirvana. Just That's... straight lifting from another cult another religion <laughs> absolutely uh can't can't allow that can't um allow we could we could go on and on but we won't <laughs> no um is the, yeah. the, We've is had the a name whole of episode. his podcast problematic i don't know um <laughs> savages I mean, <laughs> we're savages that word is yeah. broad Mm-hmm. 21 savages they're in trouble I'll go, mm-hmm. I'll go with that yes but we are the beasts mm-hmm. we're specifically a non-human savage yes that's true that's true we did not call each other savage men is not the name of the title if we'd gone with savage breast yeah we'd probably be in trouble for that even though it's fine in the original <laughs> yeah um all right yeah uh should we sign off joe Yes.
All right. Well, you should check us out at Savage Beast Pod on Twitter and Instagram and SavageBeastPod.com. And uh, rate and review and subscribe on iTunes, everybody. Please. We would love it if you did. It would feel so good. Uh, would feel It would feel great. Should do do iTunes five star reviews matter? Um, yes, they yes. do. Yes, in a material sense, they matter. Yes, mm-hmm. um, no matter what. Check to the extent that you and I matter, the reviews matter. Yes, and that's obviously a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure you give a one star review to Music Exists because mm-hmm. they stole our idea, man, <laughs> to do a yeah. podcast about music. By being two white guys. Yes. And good night. Good night. Hieroglyphical, visual, style, habitual, scriptural. Uh, kick verses, hearses, ghosts, hovering above them. Cold stuttering, skips in the tape, vision of Laker. Cold cloud field shrouded and secluded upon a winding road. <laughs> Nature and existence are the same thing, basically. Swerve through the curves amazingly. Paint me like a surgical portrait of your soul's wild, energy wild. That's beautiful, blessed. Have a nice dream. Peace, Allah, Aztec, yoga, Kool-Aid, D, Allah, woo, woo, Jah Rasta, woo.